0: Good morning, Grace Life. If you excuse me every once in a while, I'm having a little bit of a phlegmy, so I might have to take a drink of water. But I don't know if Tommy ever feels like this. But after a worship set like that, I feel like the sermon's already been preached. We can just go on home. That was wonderful, music team. And yeah, just give them a round of applause. Music team, we thank you for washing our feet and serving us today. That's just a tremendous service uh, to the body. They show up here early, and um, they practice, and they use their talents and their skills for this, and it's just a, was a wonderful blessing, and just as uh, I've heard Tommy say before, there was just so many things in those songs, and I I left my notes up here because I wanted to start writing them down because there were so many things that were in the music today that I have in my notes uh, for the sermon today, so just awesome how God's Spirit just knits these things together, and we don't even know it. God was in this place, we didn't even know it, right? Amen. Well, by the way, I'm Clifton Patterson. I'm one of the elders here at Grace Life, and we want to welcome you on Facebook land out there and YouTube land. Uh, welcome to Grace Life virtually. And um, of course, those of you who have been attending for any length of time, you know that you can go into our archives on YouTube and find all the sermons we've been going through. Tommy has been preaching through the book of Romans, and we're going to take a break from that today. And that series is called Engage, where we're just really engaging the book of Romans, uh, Tommy has called it the magnum opus of theology because it's just full of theology, full of um, just explaining who you were before Christ and what Christ did and, and how the Holy Spirit working in you enables you to carry out God's will for your life. And it's very long. And Tommy says it's going to take about a year and a half, but it's probably going to be about three. We're not sure yet. Uh, we're, we're, we what, spent two weeks on Romans 8, 1 through 4. So I think he's spending the rest of the month on the same four t- verses. Because they're so great. No, we don't know. But we are picking that back up next week, uh, taking a little break today. And um, I am going to be preaching from Ephesians, as uh, we shared today. And I've been, over the couple, you know, three, four months, year, whatever, uh, when I go to read my Bible, I'm just like in Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, those small books. And as we've been going through Romans, I've been so uh, uh, fascinated to see how these smaller books are just a very condensed version in my opinion of Romans because it kind of starts off the same way Um, that tell them about who you were uh, as in your flesh as a sinner who you were and then who you are now when Christ came into your life and but this particular verse if you've been around the church for any length of time you've probably heard a sermon about your spiritual armor the Weapons of Our Warfare, maybe you've heard it called. Uh, I know that I've heard several sermons, and, and they're always great, but as I studied this, I, I started to take a little bit of different perspective, and I just want to uh, veer off into a different perspective, not a different interpretation of it, because all those things are very pertinent to our life about how we have, uh, spiritually, Paul was trying to describe a Christian, what he looks like in the spirit realm with you know a sword and a spear or, or and, a, and a shield and having a certain amount of armor on. But what I would, as we survey the book of Ephesians, as I was talking about at the beginning, he just starts off saying who you are as a saint. And, and we start to get those implications towards the end of the book that now what we're supposed to do. When you start off in verse 1, it says, We've been blessed with Christ and every spiritual blessing. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And then verse 4, it says, we are holy and blameless before him. Do you feel holy and blameless before God? You're, you're not in yourself, but in Christ, the Bible says that you are. Verse uh, 13 of the same chapter says, you are sealed by his Holy Spirit. This is all in Ephesians, and we're building up. Uh, chapter 2. Verses one through six, it says that uh, we were dead in trespasses and sins, but God made us alive in Christ and seated us in heavenly places. You know, and as I was listening to the worship this morning, it was just uh, so beautiful that some of those verses, uh, I was a slave, but now I've been set free. And there was was another verse that said, uh, I was a sinner, now I'm a saint. And there's all this, I used to be, now I am. I used to be, now I am in the book of Ephesians. I love this, chapter two, verse nine. It says, no longer are we strangers, but now we're citizens of God's country. We love our country that we're in right now, but we are citizens of a higher country, amen? We're going to be one day when the Lord, when if we die in the Lord or if the Lord comes back, one day we are going to be in a kingdom to where we can always trust who's on the throne. We don't have to second-guess his policies. We don't have to second-guess his rule. We don't need to uh, pick it, and we don't need to um, protest his decisions. We know it's always going to be true, righteous, and judgment. I can't wait for that day, amen? It's going to happen, but we do the best we can while we're here right now. And then we get to verse chapter 4, Paul tells us. Now walk worthy of this calling that you have. Walk worthy of it. Sometimes we might walk away and we, we know that this is a good reformed church. We know that uh, we don't earn anything. But, God, but the Bible's telling us to walk worthy of something. So it's already been given to you. It's been given to you as a free gift. We don't go out and then try to earn it. We don't go out and try to leave a tip. But it just reminds me of, uh, as I was meditating on this verse, my dad When I was a young, a wee lad, um, we'd be acting up in Walmart running around or whatever, and my dad would kind of look at us and say, boy, act like you got some bringing up. And I, I think that's a funny way to look at this is sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, act like you got some bringing up. Look at all these things that you are. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be looking at that. You are royalty. You have been lifted from... The pits, you have been set free from slavery. I've opened up the, the, the doors to your chamber in your prison, and you just need to walk out. And the Bible tells us to walk worthy of that, walk in that new life. So we, we read through all that in Ephesians, and then we get to finally chapter 6. And then what, how does it start off? It says, finally, this is the last thing I need to mention as I close out this book. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And it says to take up the whole armor of God. So we can do what? Why do you take up the whole armor of God so you can go off and fight the devil? Some of those worship songs we were talking about today that they were singing for us. No, the the fight's already been won. You don't need to do anything. What do we need to take up the armor of God for so we can go out and get on the right political spectrum and protest the right things? No, those those are something that is just a byproduct of walking with the Lord. But it says to stand against the schemes of the devil. You see, the devil's been defeated, but he still schemes. He still lies to us. He still tries to deceive us. Does it say go out there and protect yourself from the devil stealing your salvation? No, no, that, that's a sure thing. But he'll be scheming at you. The, in the Bible, the the the. That word for scheming in the Greek is used three times, and it's all in this book of Ephesians. And the scheming is a little bit different than a lie. When we lie as Christians, we kind of do it in the moment usually to save face because we've been caught with our, you know, pants down or whatever. You know, we're just like, oh, uh, no, I didn't do that. Um, uh, uh, no, I, 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 that's how much money I made on my taxes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how much. And, you know, because we're kind of embarrassed. So that's a lie in the moment. God forgives us. We move past it, you know, grow up, walk worthy. But when we're scheming or when the devil is scheming, he's strategically planning a way to make you fall. He's sitting there watching, waiting, and maybe some illusions are coming to your mind from Scripture, from the book of Peter, where it says the devil is like a roaring, lying, seeking, prowling, waiting for someone to devour. And that's what the armor of God is to help us to do. The armor of God it helps us to withstand the scheming to to be vigilant to it to be vigilant to what he's trying to do he wants to keep us away from Christ that's the only thing that he can do is to keep us from growing in Christ he wants to keep us from the people of God he wants to keep us from reading our Bible he wants to keep us from praying he wants to keep us in the prison that we've been set free from he wants to keep us going back to those old sins that we've been set free from that we've been forgiven from for But now visualize yourself in the spirit. Using the book of Ephesians, just uh, have a visualization of yourself. So you've got your belt of truth, right? The breastplate of righteousness, shoes that were the, the preparation of the gospel of peace, your shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword and the spirit. Now go fight the devil. But as we have already said, no, that fight's been won. Scripture says what? after he's talked about all these things that we have, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith that you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Is that scripture up? Yes. So we get all dressed up and we go what? To war? Yes, on our knees, right? We go to war in prayer. We go to war in prayer. And I want, to look, I want you to look at, can you see those underlined where it says all, 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 all? Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So praying at all times, what is that? One commentator put it this way. He said, pray silently, pray deliberately, Planned, or pray spontaneously. Pray while sitting, standing, kneeling, or even lying down. Pray at home. Pray in the church. While working, pray while traveling. Pray with hands folded. Pray with hands raised. With eyes open, with eyes closed. With your head bowed, or your head up. That's praying all the time, right? Paul, as you many of you know, I like to look at things definitely from, a. am interested in the first Century, you know, I, I've shared with a lot of you. I, I love looking at the, the first century perspective, you know Just I've been to Israel a couple times and I just really enjoy Studying that and I like to look at things how Paul was explaining things because Paul was a Jew Paul was a Pharisee We We need to remember that that he was the one of the most learned religious Jews of the day and maybe maybe you know, or maybe uh, I can recall, uh, bring to your remembrance that in the book of Acts, it was Paul that was standing by as Stephen was stoned to death for his proclamation in Christ. And Paul was standing there, and now we see this uh, we see this religious zealot who has now become an apostle. But Paul, as a religious Jew, he would have known about prayer. He would have known about the times of prayer. Usually your average Jew prayed three times a day, and it was a religious thing that you always did. It was your tradition. That's what you, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just what you did. And I think that when, when you break tradition, as we know, when Jesus broke tradition, people got upset, didn't they? And you know, They would say, he, well, you're breaking the law. I was like, no, I'm breaking your law. I'm not breaking God's law. And... Um, So that when when Paul says here to pray at all times, I think that that was kind of a revelation for him. Because you also need to remember that he's preaching to the Ephesians, and that was a pagan culture. So you have this religious Jew uh, now preaching to a complete pagan culture who would bring sacrifices to pagan gods, which the Bible tells us are just demons. They would go to temples, and they would do horrible things to show their... D, uh, their love for this deity whatever the deity it was that they were worshiping and in order to do that they had to bring an offering and they had to bring it to a priest and they could only do it at certain times at a certain place so this would have been a revelation to even the ephesians is you know Paul's saying you can pray all the time you don't need to wait to come to church to pray you need to already kind of be prayed up before you get to church <laughs> because sometimes you know we get to church and that's where the battle's really taking place <laughs> but um, yes a revelation to these pagan people. And you'll see this with Peter. I, I, I was thinking about this in the book of Acts. You'll see that uh, how he still kept his tradition of pay, praying three times a day as a Jew. And uh, and uh, Acts ten nine, how he was sitting on the top of the house during lunchtime. It says, the Bible says that the sixth hour of, of the day, he was on the rooftop and he fell into a trance and that was when God showed him a vision of the sheet coming down with all the animals it said Peter kill and eat rise up kill and eat. And he's like not so Lord I've never eaten anything uncommon and really uh, later Peter learned that that was God telling him that the Gentiles have been cleansed and now that they can hear the gospel and the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles just as the Jews and I just found that fascinating that even through his tradition God just did amazing thing of praying three times a day so we can have our prayer books, if you like prayer books. We can have our traditional times of prayer, and we can have our spontaneity. We can pray at all times. The Bible gives us permission to be praying at all times. And not only do we pray at all times, but the next one is we're praying with all prayer and supplication. Prayer is just like a blanket word for anything, any type of request we make to God. Supplication, that word right after there is your personal request, when you're, you're praying for specific things for yourself, maybe for God to do something for you personally. Maybe you're not really praying for somebody's salvation, but you're, you're praying for your house to sell, or you're praying for a new job, or you're praying for a promotion. Those are supplications. You're, you're making prayers for yourself. You, you want your life to be better, and God calls us to do that. But I don't think that we normally think of terms like this, all prayer. Some of you may have an NIV. The NIV says all kinds of prayer. Uh, most other translations will say all prayer. As There's different kinds of prayer. There's different ways to pray, and there's different, we'll say, categories of prayer. And I just want to go over some. This is not exhaustive at all, but I just want to give you an idea of what the Scripture's talking about here when it says pray all times with all kinds of prayer. Some of you might have heard the acronym ACTS. I know that's an easy one to remember. Acts is what? Uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. That, that's an easy way to remember four types of prayer. But, uh, you know, a prayer of repentance. Any of you who have come to the Lord, you've had to pray the prayer of repentance and confession. You've had to confess your sins to the Lord. You've had to tell him, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to repent. I want to turn away from this. That's a prayer of repentance. And we're always called to be confessing our sins to the Lord. Uh, and not only to the Lord, but to each other so that we might be encouraged. There's the prayer of supplication, which we've just talked about, that it's asking for your personal needs and maybe the personal needs of somebody else. The prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is, uh, in the book of James, it talks, uh, James instructs us that the prayer of faith will uh, raise up the person on their sickbed. Praying in faith is just our basic, um, outreach uh, outstretched arm to God because we know in the book of Hebrews it says that it without faith it is impossible to please him so when we're praying we have to be praying in faith or he, he really can't hear us the prayer of faith is praying things that is already guaranteed to us in Scripture when we come here in the morning and we're praying and this wonderful music team is leading us in worship the lyrics are not saying things like, oh God, that you would save me, that you would save me today because I'm not really sure of my salvation. No, we're already standing in a position where we have a posture of that we're already saved because we have that prayer of faith. We already believe that it's already been done. Sure, the devil will try to scheme you. He's gonna try to get you off guard. He's gonna try to shoot fiery darts at you and lie to you. But that's what the prayer of faith is. When we see that God has healed people in the Bible, when we're asking for healing, we're, we're reaching out in faith. We're having a prayer of faith to like, God, you've done this before. You say that you're a healer, you're Jehovah Rapha, or that God, you're the provider. The Bible says, Jehovah, uh, uh, <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. You're going to provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. And it's like, God, I need this. That's you praying the prayer of faith. You're going into the word and seeing what the word promises you. And what it has available to you. And you keep praying with perseverance and persistence and praying for those things. Prayer of thanksgiving, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. The psalmist said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Thanking him for all the wonderful things he's done in your life. Thank you, thanking the Lord that he's saved you, that he's opened your eyes to the truth. A prayer of worship and adoration is another one. We just sang all kinds of prayer and worship and adoration to the Lord this morning. An invocation, a prayer of invocation. In the Old Testament, there was many times uh, where the saints and the, uh, the judges or whoever, the kings would call upon the Lord to come and fill the, the tabernacle or come and, and fill the, the army as they fought. This morning, we meet up here on, on this stage right here and the worship team we've all purposed we all got together in one of our meetings and said you know we we need to be more intentional about praying and we we felt that that was the holy spirit just kind of leading us in that direction and we all decided that the first thing that we're going to do when we come in here and we open these doors we're not going to set up we're not going to practice the first thing we're going to do is pray Because we believe in the prayer of invocation, we're evoking the presence of the Lord. We want him to be a part of what we're doing. We come here and we proclaim on this stage right here that God, we are here to worship you, that we're here to serve you, and that we want this arena ready when all of you come in. We want you uh, to walk in and already feel the presence of the Lord and 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 the whoever is speaking, that their voice would be anointed and just be speaking the truth of the word into your lives and that you would be receptive to it and hear it. And these are the things that are being prayed for right here. And these are things that are being prayed for in our elder meetings. And these are being things that are prayed for on the prayer list that we have going around. And so we have an invocation right here. We invoke the presence of the Lord. Consecration and dedication is another one. Last one I'll talk about for the so when you just dedicate yourself to the Lord in the Old Testament when they erected the tabernacle uh, God told them to consecrate certain tools this is just going to be consecrated for the work of the Lord and when we crawl up on the altar and we consecrate ourselves we're saying Lord I'm here for you I'm here to serve you and I guess the old funny quote is the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar right and that's when we have to rededicate ourselves and reconsecrate ourselves to the Lord again, because there's been so many of us. We call it backsliding when we crawl off the altar. It's like, oh, we, you know, the, the living sacrifices they crawl off the altar. I think that's why in the Old Testament God said, just kill it, then put it on the altar. So, <laughs> but spiritually we are, we, we do die to ourselves, though, don't we? We're supposed to crucify our, crucify our flesh, and then and then we're when we're baptized. We're, we're lowered in death, raised the new, is alive. Now we get back on that altar. Stay there. So I want to back up. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. I'm going to narrow in on that in the Spirit. And you guys are shaking in your boots because there's a charismatic up here talking about in the Spirit. <laughs> no, no, no. I won't scare you too much. No, but that doesn't need to be a scary word. Not just really appreciate Tommy you know last week he was talking about how sometimes in our circles in our different circles we just kind of in an in an in effort to protect the congregation and protect the people we, we stay away from things where we've have found extremes in the past and we know that sometimes that there's a misunderstanding of what it means to be in the spirit has led to some extremes and you know I come from a, a charismatic background from a Pentecostal church when I started really walking with the Lord and some might even call the church I was a part of like almost like word of faith but um, you know and I've seen the extremes I've been exposed to them I get it but this is not something that we're supposed to be afraid of especially when it's pretty clear that the Bible calls us to it and what is praying in the spirit at all times I think it's very simple it's simply being spirit-led spirit-motivated spirit-inspired and as we're getting ready to go back to Romans and finish the rest of chapter 8, Tommy, I'm, I know, is going to bring us some good word about what it means for the believer to be in the spirit. We've, the whole chapter 7 was like, we already know what it's like to be in the flesh when we have the spiritual life inside of us, and we want to do good, and our, and, our, and our flesh is like, puts up every roadblock imaginable to keep us from doing what we already know that we're supposed to be doing. We find within ourselves a desire to do good, but how to carry it out, we're not really sure. So we have to always look to God to do that. But have you ever just been in Winn-Dixie, and you're just doing your thing, doing your shopping, and just somebody just came up on your heart to pray for them, that maybe there's something going on in their life, and you just start praying for them? That's a Spirit-led prayer. That's praying in the Spirit, that the Spirit put them on your life, uh, put them on your heart. Have you ever... uh, woke up in the middle of the night, and you just couldn't go back to sleep, and it wasn't because you had, you know, a big gulp before you went to bed, you're just like, you know, I was tired when I went to bed, now I'm up. I mean, I know that's happened to me, where I just, I felt a burden to pray. There was just a burden on me that something needed to be prayed for, I needed to get on my knees, I needed to start praying, and this happens to Bree a lot, Um, and I know it's happened to me, and I'll even share um, one time, I hate to share these horrific things in church I'm not going to go into detail about it but if if any of you have been in Deltona for any length of time back in 2004 you may remember there was this horrible um this this mass murder over on Telford Lane off of uh Howland Boulevard and I lived right down the street from there and I remember waking up that morning and hearing about it it was over four or five people that were murdered and um Of course, I was just dumbfounded by everything that happened just right down the street from me, but I remembered that that night, around the same time that that was happening, I woke up in the middle of the night, wide awake, and I didn't know why. And I just felt this burden to pray. I was praying for my family, I was praying for protection of my brothers, and it turned out later that my brother knew these people. And I don't know why I was praying, I just know that I felt a burden to pray. And who knows, maybe my brother could have crossed their path because he knew them and could have got caught up in that. I don't know. I just know that I felt a need to pray. And as a matter of fact, the same year, I was involved in a really bad accident at at work. And those of you know that I I work in a salvage yard, and at that time I still worked in a salvage yard. Can't get away from that place, I tell you. And (laughs) this gas tank blew up in my face. And... So those of you who kind of get a close up at me and you'll see like these black spots in my nose and in my lip, it's not because I don't take a shower. It's because the explosion its called traumatic tattooing. The the carbon from the explosion impaled into my face. And uh, I had all kinds of opportunities to be all messed up from that. And there's a whole litany of God's miraculous provision that got me through that that I'll I'll share for another time. But what I did want to share was that my mom at the time, she worked there. It was family business. My mom and dad were there. And after all the explosion all that happened, I made it home safe. My mom was just telling me, she's, she said, for the past, the two days before that explosion, I have been carrying around this burden. I've been praying for my family. <laughs> Don't ignore mama's prayer, y'all. Your mama's praying for you. Those of you out there in Facebook land, mama's praying. (laughs) Mama's prayer works. But she just said that I had this horrible burden that something bad was going to happen to my family. And I've just been praying for every single one of my children and my husband for the past two days constantly. And then she said, when I heard that explosion, I knew exactly what I was praying for. So don't neglect the Spirit. It might feel a little strange. It might feel a little weird that these things, these ideas, you know, we already learned from Romans chapter 7 that our flesh doesn't take one step for God's glory. So if you're having a really good thought and a really good desire to pray for somebody, you need to be resolved that it's the spirit because it ain't you. (laughs) So, um, and those are my just, and I'm sure that many of you have some examples to where that's happened and maybe you might feel a little silly about it uh, because you know sometimes in some of our circles we've been made to feel silly about taking those steps of faith out and praying for those things what praying in the spirit doesn't mean it doesn't mean that we never have a prayer list if the Bible tells us if Jesus tells us that we worship God in spirit and truth I think we pray in spirit and truth as well we have a Grace Life prayer list, and many of you that are connected with us, you'll see the prayer list coming down, and uh, we we welcome your submissions to anything that you have going on, no matter how small, no matter how large, and um, if you'll scroll, scroll through that prayer list, you'll see somebody praying, you know, they might be praying for their cat, and then you have somebody whose mom just went into surgery for cancer you know we're praying for everything there's there's nothing too large nothing too insignificant to pray for and i think that goes back to what paul was saying pray at all times pray for everything pray everywhere Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So now we're going to talk about all perseverance. And in the Greek, that definition is to be earnest towards, to persevere, to be consistently and constantly diligent, adhering closely to. So, raise of hands. How many people are failing at this so far? (laughs) me too me too me too and i think that's why the bible puts it this way is because we're never going to get it right we can always stay humble below this command to know that we're never going to obtain it perfectly but maybe it's really it's to the church is that where i'm slacking you're excelling and when you're slacking i'm excelling you know in our elder meeting the other day you know tommy always goes around hey how's your heart what's going on and that was my confession you know tommy i'm i'm not getting up anymore to pray i'm lazy i'm tired i'm so exhausted we got so much going on in our family yeah i'm praying throughout the day you know someone comes to my someone comes to mind yeah we pray for them see something on the grace life prayer list Yeah, we pray for them and but i really like having that time where i wake up in the morning and i get the scriptures and i really sit with the lord and See what he has to say to me. And I haven't been doing that very diligently lately. So that's a confession, but also just, uh, I'm with you. I mean, I'm failing at this as well. But that's the thing about the, the Lord. The door is always open. All right, come on back, come on. Let's get back on the altar. Let's get back doing this again. Walk worthy. Let's do this, come on. And pray with perseverance for all saints. Show of hands, military men out here, military men and women. A few of you, okay, all right, there's some, all right, yes, sir. I know uh, Matt up in the box, I was military as well. So when you go through training, you get your flak vests, you train to go overseas, learn how to use your weapon, all these things. Are you, are you being, are you training just to go fight for yourself? No, you're, you're going to fight for your country. And as I meditate on this, that was the image that came into my head, because, you know, me being in the military, had, having been in the military, I went to go fight for my country. I didn't go to pick a fight for myself. So when the Bible is telling us to put on all this armor, it's just like those of us who are in the military, and those of us who are protect us daily, that are police officers. You, you have a certain level of protection as you go out. You're not fighting for your, you. Yes, you, in fighting for all of us, you're protecting yourself, yes, but... The, primar- the primarily we're fighting for the church. We're fighting for all saints. So when we're praying, we're praying with perseverance, not only for ourselves, but it says to pray for all the saints. Who is a saint? You are a saint. If you're a believer, you're a saint. And I know that sometimes there's a little bit of misunderstanding with our uh, Catholic brothers and sisters that um, you know, maybe you come from a more liturgical background where uh, uh, we regard only certain people as saints that have done wonderful things for the Lord and have uh, martyred, uh, have been martyred for their profession of the Lord. And we, we look at them as sainthood, uh, that they're just really special before the Lord. And they are very special before the Lord. But however, the Bible calls all of us saints. And all that means is a called out one. We've been called out. You've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. You've been called out, you're saint. So you include yourself in that because it's talking about you and it's also command as well. I know that I'm just as guilty as you are for getting on my knees and just praying for my needs. Praying for my family. Yeah, I'm just I'm just concerned about my family, my kids, my wife and that's it. I'm very lax on praying for the needs of everybody. And that's what we're moving a grace life we're growing in that. There's just been so many people coming up saying, "Oh, we need more prayer. There's been suggestions that we talk about in our uh, elder meetings that, um, that people want to start a prayer group that is praying right now while we're having the service. You can't pray too much. If you show up here early, you're going to walk around, and you're just going to see pockets of prayer everywhere. It's great. I had three people pray for me this morning. We prayed up here, went up in the sound booth, Tommy came up there and prayed for me up there and then uh, we were down here in the, in the foyer and Steve prayed over there over the service and then I was back here and then Tommy's like I, I just want to pray again. And prayed for, prayed for us again. So we're trying to cover this place in prayer. And you can join us as well. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. <laughs> so how about you? Do you feel awkward praying? Do you feel like that your prayers don't matter? I think it's that scheming from the enemy that would make you believe that. It is. And I dare say that The scheming is really to keep us from praying because I know when I don't want to go to the Lord, it's because I'm stuck in a sin or I have sinned, having bad thoughts. It's like, oh, I don't want to go to the Lord with this. So what do we do? We just keep taking steps back. We keep taking steps back. We forget about God's kindness. We forget about his goodness. We have to go back to the scriptures and remind ourselves, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm already a saint, God, you've already paid for this. Yes, I, I blew it, but I'm alive in Christ. I've been seated with you in heavenly places. I have to keep telling myself this. It's like, so, you know, I, I repent, Lord. Forgive me for this. I want to restore our relationship. And that's what Satan's been about from the beginning, right? When he came to Eve and he came to Adam, he wanted to sever their relationship with God, and that's what he did, right? He deceived them. He schemed them. He waited just for the right time. But I know that there's been times that I feel awkward praying, especially in my early walk with the Lord. There's always that awkward time where you're standing around in the circle. Maybe you're holding hands, and you know, you start here, and you just go counterclockwise, and everyone's supposed to pray. And then you feel like, well, I don't feel like praying, and they're going to think I'm less spiritual if I don't pray. And, you know, don't, don't worry about all that. Okay, If you don't feel like praying, don't pray, just listen. Because there's another prayer that we didn't talk about called the prayer of agreement. Jesus said that uh, if you pray touching anything, two or, two or more, that I'm there in their midst, not only there in their, am I there in their midst, but I will do it. In the book of Acts, it says that all the apostles and the disciples of the Lord were up in the upper room praying in one accord and that's when the Holy Spirit fell and all kinds of wonderful things started happening Um, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit preached his first sermon but they were of one accord they had one mind so I encourage you to put yourself in positions where you learn how to pray Tommy started off this year with our three big things of prayer who can tell me one Gospel conversations, number two. Next generation, number three. New location. That's pretty easy, right? I think he planned that. I think he planned that. But that's three things that you can be in one accord with Grace Life Church over. Those are three things that the leadership is consistently praying for. So you can get in on that too. And I know that... um, Pastor Matt, he's doing a, uh, a series, a teaching series about means of grace. Disciplines that you can study and engage the Lord. And that's kind of based on a book where it talks about the means of grace is really putting yourself in a position to receive grace from the Lord. So if, if you feel awkward praying, you don't really know how to pray, that's okay. Just put yourself in a position where you can hear people who know how to pray, pray. I'll tell you what. Tommy can pray. <laughs> Y'all go to these prayer meetings listen to him pray. He can pray. There's a lot of other people. I, I, many of you, you just know what to ask the Lord. You know what to pray for. But you know what the best thing to go to is? The scriptures. You know how many prayers there are in the scriptures? Written out prayers. It makes me think of my, my children. I've got four kids, okay? Dad's out there. I think you're gonna know where I'm going with this about halfway through the story. Now I can uh, be walking through the house and my youngest will say, hey daddy, do spider baby. And that's this something in our house, it's one of our weird things where you know, I pick them up and I make them look like a spider on the wall and, and I start moving them around and then they'll wanna be, be super baby, you know, and they'll put their arm out and they fly around the house. All right dad, as soon as you put that child down, what happens next? The other ones come up, oh, daddy, my turn. So now I've got a 12 year old, I'm like, honey, I I can't. I can't. When we go swimming in the summer, right? The youngest one, daddy, daddy, pick me up, throw me. Okay, and guess what daddy's doing for the next two hours? He's throwing all of his kids in the water, right? I think that's a fun way to think about prayer. You know, when you go, I know when I've been around people who pray that have been weathered and, and, and walking in the Lord, they pray for things, I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could pray for that. Just like my kids, like, oh, I didn't know I could get Daddy to do that. I want in on that. So, and I, I think in the same way that if you put yourself in those positions, that you'll hear different ways that people are praying and what they're praying for, and you're like, yeah, that's, yeah, I want, I want that in my life. I want to pray for that. I, I, I want to start asking for that. And of course, the best place to go is the Scriptures, and we're going to go to that in a minute, just some of the... Wonderful things that the scripture makes available for us that we can pray for on a consistent basis when we don't know how to pray. And, uh, and uh, the culmination of this is next week, that you're gonna have, someone's gonna give, come up and give the announcement. I don't know exactly the time. I think I got changed. But next week is a prayer gathering. So you can come and try all this stuff out. And you know what? You can come and you don't have to pray. You can sit there. And what can you do? You can have the prayer of agreement You can listen to everyone praying and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I agree with that. That's great. Yes. And you can sit there and you can join us in prayer. You can be one accord and watch what God's going to do. Amen? Amen. That's what he's called us to. Now, I'd like for you guys to get your Bible out, your uh, device, whatever you got. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm just going to close out this sermon with a little exercise. anybody nobody has Bibles anymore? It's all electronic now. <laughs> it's like I said, you know you can scroll down to it um, and one man said, "Who knew that scrolls would make a comeback, right? <laughs> womp, womp, womp. I want you guys to go to chapter one. We're going to start in verse three. I'm so I have a King James, but a uh, new King James I, I've just had this thing for 20 years I can't I'm, it's hard for me to make the switch. <laughs> This thing's been everywhere with me. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, we're going to scan scripture. And I want you to to scan it with me, to read with me. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick out truths. And we're going to pray them for ourselves. I'm going to pray them for myself. You can pray them for yourself. You can change the first the the person to first person. Maybe even uh, change how it's being arranged. And I just want to, this is something that I do personally, okay? You can do this in the Psalms. Uh, there's so many Uh, Psalms that are just wonderful that I've never heard a church other than Grace Life preach on the Psalms so much that when you hear David you know he's just like he's just really pouring his heart out to God he's like God I wish you would do some stuff for me I'm so sick of my enemies you know I'm underneath their my neck is underneath their foot and they're always pointing their finger and laughing at me and I'm up in my palace on my couch drowning my couch in tears and you're not doing anything and, and then the next Psalm is like, oh, I'm like a gazelle leaping on the mountaintops. God, you have delivered me. You've done wonderful and great things. Wait on the Lord, but he will, he will come to your rescue. And so that's just gives me a lot of hope and encouragement. So verse three, chapter one of Ephesians. You can start off, blessed are you God, my father, father of my Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed me and everyone in here with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And you have chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before you in love. And you have predestined me to the adoption of a son by Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of your will, Lord, to the praise of the glory of your grace by which you have made me accepted and beloved. In you, Jesus, I have redemption through your blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, and you made abound toward me in all wisdom and prudence having made known to me and all those in here the mystery of your will according to your good pleasure with which you purposed in yourself, that in the fullness of times you would gather all of us together in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in you. And in you, Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of your will who works all things according to your own counsel, that those who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of your glory, in you jesus i have trusted when i heard the word of truth the gospel of my salvation in you i have believed and i have been sealed with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of my inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory i'm not deviating from scripture right this is what the bible says right okay this is the bible prayer Verse 15, I want to encourage this to you. If you have unsaved loved ones, I pray this for my unsaved loved ones, my unsaved family members. This is what I pray for them. And you can put your, I'm going to say family. You can put your family name in there or uh, uh, someone in your family. Therefore, after I, uh, we're going to go to verse 17. God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give my family members the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know the hope that they have in your calling and how rich they would be with the inheritance that you have given them. And that they would know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ and who raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in heavenly places. I pray for that for my family they would their eyes would be open, that they would come into the kingdom and see what God has for them. And you can keep on going I'll stop right there, but I always love chapter 2. It's like, we've been made alive. We were dead in trespasses and sins, but God, you have made me alive. Now I'm uh, seated with you in the right hand of God. Just some wonderful things. And somebody teaching me that has just really made the difference in my life, that when I'm backslidden or when my heart is drifted from the Lord, I go back and I'm forced to recite back to those a prayer of faith Things that have already happened in my life. I don't have to wish them. I don't have to ask for them again. They've already happened. They're already true. I'm the one who walked away from it. I'm the one who got off the altar and walked away. So, with that, I think we, we prayed up. I'm going to go ahead and close this out, and I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come up and bring this word. It's just been a word that's been on my heart for some time. And and Father, I just thank you uh, for the opportunity, and uh, pray that this... This truth of your word infiltrated hearts and set things right in our hearts, Lord, and and further instructs us on your goodness and how good you are and how wide your door is open towards us when we repent and come to you, Father. May you be glorified in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know who's doing the announcements. Oh no, we I'm sorry. <laughs> I forget everything. Okay, we have our Law moment, some more prayer. <laughs> and we have our Law moment right now. And we have some spirit-filled people in the back. If you're inspired, if there's some supplications that you'd like to make, if you don't feel adequate to pray right now uh, for some things going on in your life and you need some help, we've got some mature believers in the back who would love nothing than to hold your hand and pray with you and beseech the Lord on your behalf. And we can take that time to do that now. If you'd like, you also will be playing some music and we just sit with it and let the Holy Spirit minister to you and think about what we've read from the scriptures today. Amen? All right.
1: He fills the streets To look upon The one who bled to save me And walk with him For all eternity There will be a day When all will bow before him There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with he who died and rose again.
2: Inspiration. The songs of faith we sang throughout doubt and fear and in the end we'll see that Ian was worth it he returns to wipe away our tears. There will be a day when all will bow before Him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing face to face with He out in and rose again. Oh. day join and resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing with lamb. On that day, we'll sing and on the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith. With one voice, a thousand
1: generations we sing worthy is the Lord. this Lord we praise your holy name father we thank you for your son who lived the perfect life died for our sins Lord and was raised again on the third day and through him and him alone we have victory and salvation in Jesus name amen
3: amen thank you thank you Cliff for bringing the word this morning are you glad you came to grace life today amen amen are you glad you watch from home well they'll have to tell us about it later Hey, listen, we got just a few announcements uh, this morning. Uh, number one is, and I don't really have a slide for this, but our Father's Day was the day that we all brought back the uh, baby bottles that we took home on Mother's Day. We filled those up with loose change. Some of you stuffed some, uh, some bills in there. Some of you wrote some checks and brought those back. And, uh, hey, I praise God today, talking about prayer for the decision that was made by the Supreme Court justices this week that overturned Roe v. Wade. Praise God for that. Listen, that is huge. That's, that's something to celebrate. Amen. That's something to celebrate because I will tell you, in 1973, when that rule was put into place, that law was put into place, from that day, Christians have been on the front lines, not just praying, but laboring to come alongside pregnant moms who maybe had unwanted pregnancies and giving counsel and giving encouragement, taking them to the scriptures. Many people have been brought to Christ through that. And listen, Ever since 1973, the people that I think have been on the front lines of that have been faith-based people and organizations, have been Christians running the adoption agencies, foster care, pregnancy centers, have been praying, have been doing what they could politically in Washington. A lot of Christians you'll find there that have been doing the good work, and a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, we we still got a long way to go, but that's a huge answer to prayer, and I mention that today so that you will remember our partnership with the Florida Pregnancy Center, right down the road here. You know, a lot of pregnancy centers have been, oddly enough and sadly enough, attacked since this thing has been overturned. And, and they have sent out requests to be praying for them, that God would protect them. They could continue to be on the front lines and meeting with people, giving them gospel guidance, taking them to scriptures, giving them some alternatives. And now that, that work will, will move forward even more. Uh, and we're thankful for that. So, if you haven't brought back your baby bottles, Joan Drake is their liaison, her and Don, they do a tremendous job representing the Florida Pregnancy Center through Grace Life. And so if you have any questions or maybe you didn't, you didn't know about it, you weren't able to take a baby bottle home and you're like, gosh, man, I'd, I'd still really like to partner and help, you talk to Joan Drake. She's in the lobby. Her and her husband would love to, to talk with you about ways you can partner with the Florida Pregnancy Center. Okay? A couple more announcements. Uh, student gathering is tonight. It's time again. It's going to be from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock at the Reyes home, and there's gonna be dinner included. You don't wanna miss that. So if you have any questions about the address, you can find that on the app, or you can ask Matt. He's in the back teaching. He's our uh, our pastor that works with discipleship and students. That's tonight, students six to eight. Our prayer gathering that Cliff mentioned in the message. We usually, whenever there's a fifth Wednesday in the month that rolls around, we have a fifth Wednesday prayer gathering. Well, it's a little bit weird this month because it's a fifth Wednesday. Uh, But we're having our prayer gathering on a Thursday night. So you need to make a note. It's not on a Wednesday night this week. It's on a Thursday night, and we're having it at the same location we've been hosting our grow classes. It's at Emmanuel Christ Presbyterian Church uh, right off of Orange Camp Road. If you have any questions about the address, we'll send that out to you. But that's going to be this Thursday night from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And normally what we do is we don't really talk a lot about it because you're not supposed to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. But a lot of us fast together on that day, and then we break our fast together after our prayer gathering. Because we're, uh, we've are we been allowed to host it at a church, and it's not our building, we're not going to bring food in there. So uh, if you want to go afterwards to, I don't know, a, a, a diner, Denny's, Chick-fil-A, something like that, uh, you, you guys can arrange that on your own. But prayer gathering, this Thursday night, 6.30 to 8.00, uh, and then one other thing, yes, we have a an opportunity to help some of the students that are going to camp this summer. They're going to camp Behold, and it's it's a great camp. And as you know, it costs money to to, to have a camp that's out of town. Some of you ask, why do we do it out of town? This is Florida. It's good for students to get away. This is a camp that's that's that's. Uh, got two years, three years. It was put together by people we know and trust. Good theology, great speakers, and it's a beautiful location in the mountains, so it costs a little bit more money to get the students there for all their food and lodgings for the week. And so uh, we're trying to help these students uh, make their way, pay their way. So one of the things we're doing is we're hosting a student car wash, and they're going to sell tickets to you. You can buy a pre-ticket. I think it's going to be $10, and then on July the 9th, It's going to be at a location in Orange City, the fancy fruit parking lot from 9 to 12. That's going to be July 9th. So next Sunday, if you see a a student and you don't want to buy a ticket, you better avoid them like the plague, okay? (laughs) They're going to be trying to to get you to buy tickets, but the money goes toward their spiritual growth at camp. So just wanted to put that out there. Now the final thing, listen. We are uh, a family. This church is a family. And one of our cultural values that we really prize is walking in the light together. And that means this, we don't really keep secrets here. It's our goal to walk in the light. That means sunshine's the best disinfectant. It means we want to be open. We, we want to be honest. And one of the things we've been talking about doing for a long time as a, as a board of elders has been uh, walking in the light with you financially. Because this is not a for-profit organization. This is a, this is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit. You know what that means? That means all the monies that we take in to advance God's kingdom, uh, we depend on God's people to provide that. And, and lots of people at churches, rightly so, say, hey, how's the, how are the monies that we give to the Lord? Uh, we're entrusting that to leadership. How's that money being stewarded? And so we want to provide for you a financial update. I know this may be boring for some people. That's okay. Some people don't want to sit through a meeting like that, and that's fine. Steve's going to give it. He's going to give an update in a few minutes. He's kind of our financial lay elder. Uh, that's not all he does, but that's his primary responsibility. He's done an incredible job. So here's what we're going to do. This is, this is more for Grace Life family, but by no means do you have to leave. If you're not a member or you have, you're have you a guest or you want, you're just curious, you can stick around. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to give the charge in just a minute, and we're going to take a five-minute break. For those of you who don't want to stay for the financial update, you can go pick up your children in the back and you can be on your merry way, and that'll give the rest of you a couple minutes to stretch your legs, use the restroom if you need to, and then come back together. And we're still gonna provide childcare, but after those of you who are not staying, pick up your children, we're gonna put all the kids in one room, and we'll have one of our uh, ambassadors back there watching them. So I hope that's clear. We're giving a financial update today. You don't have to stay, but we invite you to stay. And we're not going to be live streaming this for a lot of different reasons that are probably obvious. The whole world could watch this, and it's not something that that we want the whole world to know. However, if you're watching from home, and uh, you're part of our Grace Life family, or or you've given and you're curious, we'd love to make it. It's a PowerPoint that Steve's going to go through, and we'd love to make it available to you. So just contact us. There's a million ways you could do that. Just go to our website. So all that being said, stand to your feet, and we're going to do our traditional Grace Life charge and if this is your first time here and you're thinking this is kind of weird what this? is you're charging us no we don't pass an offering plate around uh you can you can give your donation or tithe in the back or a gift this is a charge it's something that we remind our entire congregation why we're still here everything that we did this morning we can do better when we're in heaven can't we we can pray better we can worship better uh we can fellowship better but there's only one thing we can't do when we're in heaven and that's evangelize unbelievers that's over that's done So this charge is to remind you that you are a witness. You and I are witnesses. We've been equipped by the word of God to go out there and reach people who are far away from God and who desperately need to hear the message that you just heard. So this is your charge and reminder to do that every single week. Are you ready? Say it with me. I am a witness. I have been called to minister to my neighborhood in both word and deed. God has given me his word to equip me, his spirit to empower me, and his love to motivate me. I pledge my life for the gospel. You have been sent. Amen. Five-minute break. Come back for the financial update. God bless you.